Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. Well, today we're talking peas, love, and carrots, the cookbook with the author Danielle Renov. And Danielle is a blogger and influencer behind the popular brand website peasloveandcarrots.com and Instagram account peasloveandcarrots. From her kitchen in Israel, she creates delicious and approachable recipes, lifestyle tips, and hacks, and shares all things motherhood and family related. But most of all, it's all about the food. And we're going to establish a connection with Danielle in Israel, actually in Jerusalem this morning. So we will be right back when we have Danielle on the line. And we'll be talking peas, love, and carrots. Be right back. Occasion beat when it lifts me up. I'm gonna find my feet out in the 
we are back with Danielle, and you know she's a mother. She has a lot of things going on, and not only that, but she is the author of Peas, Love, and Carrots, the cookbook, which has become a number one bestseller on Amazon. So, Danielle, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on and congratulate you on the success of your cookbook. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here today. Thank you. Well, there's such a good spirit, and there's such a zen-like quality to, to the cookbook. Was, was, was that the approach you were going for? It's so funny that you chose those two words because, yes, that is exactly what I was going for. I wanted something modern and clean, but still with personality and vibrancy and um, reflective of who I am as a person. So you could not have described it better. Well, it is It is just such a fantastic cookbook. And, and just a little shout out to Carrie Bachman. But uh, I was on vacation and Carrie called me real quick and she's like, I'm sending you this, this cookbook and you're going to love it. It's going to be fantastic. And the author, Danielle, you're, she, she's wonderful. And, and I will say every time Carrie says that, the cookbook is, is fantastic and wonderful. The author is fantastic and wonderful. So I was really looking forward to it. Um, but when I was thinking about it, I was thinking peas, love, and carrots. I'm not a vegetarian. So the, when that happens, I need the author to kind of lead me through it a little bit because I'm, I'm not vegetarian. So that was my thought when I heard the title. And then I received the cookbook. And I couldn't have been more happier because it's called peas, love, and carrots, but it's chock full of meat and fish and also vegetables and everything else. So there's something for everybody in it. So I was pleasantly even more surprised um, than, than what I thought I was, I was going to be getting. Oh, thank God. Well, you know, it's so funny because at first I was so um, insistent that I needed to have an animal protein on the cover so that people would know right away it wasn't vegetarian, but then we ended up doing this wonderful cover that was really reflective of all the recipes in the book, which happened to have not been um, meat. But really, Peas, Loving Carrots was, um, when I was originally starting my blog, I had a different name in mind, and, you know, that name was taken. And this one literally just popped into my head, and I right away loved it so much, and I really never looked back. So it definitely has vegetarian vibes to it, but... The book's really not vegetarian at all. There's really something for everyone. There's over 250 recipes. There's weekday recipes, dinner party recipes, holiday recipes, uh, you know, cocktail party recipes, snacks, desserts, fish. There's really something for everyone in there. You know, recipes that take, you know, 10 minutes to prep, and then there's recipes that, you know, can simmer and cook all day long. So I really wanted to give, you know, everybody their money's worth. If you were willing to you know, go out and spend the $30 on the book and give me a spot on your shelf. I really wanted it to be worth your while. Well, there were so many things that really spoke to me. And, and I'm sure that when, when people pick up the book, it's, it's so inclusive of people's memories and, and kind of twerking some recipes and, and, and tweaking little here and there um, on, on things that they might have grown up with, but maybe with a modern spin to it. Um, one, one of the things that hit me almost immediately was the Moroccan donuts. And my grandmother oh. made donuts 
almost the same way. And so when I saw that recipe, I mean, I just had this warm feeling come all over me because it took me right back to her kitchen and her making donuts almost that same way. I've never had them again since she passed away, but that was such a really, I mean, it just a smile to my face when, when I thought, I mean, who doesn't like donuts anyway, but, but this exactly. is such a special way. And I was thinking, you know, I should be the one to start that tradition back up. And so I, I think maybe a lot of people will, will see recipes that, that they saw maybe when they were growing up and they haven't maybe had in a while. And then they too might think, yeah, you know, maybe I should be the one to take that up and, and start that family tradition all over again. I hope so, because I think for me, so much of my memories as an adult are based around different, you know, different times where we sat around the table, whether it was my mother's table in the kitchen or, you know, the lunchroom in school or the dining room in camp or a cafeteria in a building, you know, so like, or out to dinner with friends or at a, a diner before a movie, you know, there's so many memories built around food and food is so much more than just what you're eating. It's how you're preparing it, how you're shopping for the ingredients, who you're buying it from, um, who you're cooking for, and then, of course, who you're eating with and whether you're eating it alone or you're sending it out to someone you love or you're receiving it as a gift from somebody. There's so much more to food than just eating it. And for me, that's really what it's always been about. And I really wanted to express that in the book. And, of course, you know, if I'm the one writing the book, a lot of my memories are going to come through. And I had to include them because, you know, this there's a reason why this recipe is in this book and that's because it holds such a significance to me and my hope is that when you turn around and you make this for whoever it is you're making it for that you create your own version of that memory exactly now that that really comes through and there's so much of your personality in this book and so much of you wanting us as home chefs to be successful and and you talk about that right off the bat with your 86 things I want you to know and oh. and, and I, I want you to talk a little bit about that because it every one of those 86 tips that that you give at the beginning are, are absolutely fantastic so how did you come up with that idea oh. and what, what made you put it in there so like all good publishers my publisher gave me you know a very strict page number count and then I exceeded that page number count by like 300 pages <laughs> and begged <laughs> for more. And they did make room for more for me. But um, really, all of those 86 things were paragraphs, paragraphs and paragraphs long because I'm very wordy and I can just such an extrovert. And it's really how I connect is through, you know, speech and communication. And, um, and then I ran out of pages. So I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter why where or who it came from. The bottom line is they need to know these tips. So I consolidated whatever the paragraph said to the most vital information. And I was like, I'm just going to give them a list of things I need them to know. <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm going to call it. I'm not going to quote it. I'm not going to whitewash it. It's just a list of things I want you to know. And it turns out it's like my favorite, it's really my favorite page in the whole book. I, I love it. It, it, it really, really is fantastic, and I just go over every one of them, and, and they're just such great little nuggets of, of information, and then I, I want to go back to the, to the donut recipe real quick, it kind of incorporates that in there. 
in, in, in your tip, it says the first two donuts never turn out good. They just don't. I don't know why they, they, they just don't. <laughs> so, and I love that because I mean, it kind of is the same thing with pancakes too. Like, you know, the, 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 the yep. first couple are out and it's not you. It's just, I don't know the, the cooking universe somehow. <laughs> it's true. You know what? I really felt like I just wanted to give you as much information as possible. Um, whether, you know, if you're a seasoned cook, then you know the donuts aren't going to come out good, so that line comes as no surprise. But if you're not a seasoned cook and that line is not in there, and those first two donuts can be very discouraging to the point that you might think you may have to add more flour or, you know, add more oil or your oil's not hot enough or whatever it is and start playing around where if I just tell you that it's going to be like that and then it's like that, you may have the confidence to keep going and push past those first two and actually really cook up some wonderful donuts. Exactly. I really, really tried as I was cooking to stand in my kitchen and all of the things that I would say to, let's say, my daughter if I was talking her through a recipe, those were the things I wanted to include in in the book. Well, you're really in tune with your audience and very down to earth and, you know, you are very approachable to that so I and, and you seem to have a very good back and forth with, with your readers and the people who are who are on your blog and and there's no wonder that they just you know were so excited to to get this cookbook oh. I, I I read a couple comments people said you know they, they've been waiting for months or you know for, for this to come out so, so there was a lot of uh, excitement w- within your own fandom of uh, of this book yeah. coming out thank God <laughs> and it didn't help, you know, the, the situation, really the book was supposed to be released May 15th. And of course, you know, it was so upsetting that it couldn't be, but with everything going on in the world, it felt less important, you know, that just everybody should get healthy and be well, you know, it, on, the, on the scale of, you know, priorities, it wasn't that high up. And unfortunately, all the printing houses closed down and we really just couldn't get the book printed. So the release date got pushed off and you know what, we're all the better for it because, I'm happy, happier that the whoever can have it is healthy and less anxious and less worried and, you know, hopefully moving in a better direction now when the book did come out. So thank God. Well, and there's a, you know, there, there's a small silver lining that more people are cooking at home now and, and, and they're not out um, eating in, in restaurants. And so I, I think people are returning to their home kitchens and looking and saying, geez, you know, do, do I have a cookbook? What what can I cook? I need to order cookbooks. Um, and I, I, I've really seen this um, resurge in, in, it was already happening, but it's happening on another level now, where, whereas people are, are at home more, they're having their families over more um, for, for meals. And that to me, I mean, you know, it, it, it's hard to find silver linings when you're in a pandemic like this, but, 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 but we have to, uh-huh. but they are there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They're there and it's true. And you know what? I think, you know, for me, the silver lining was that, you know, life was moving so fast and so quickly. And I think we became so used to it. We didn't even realize the pace that mm-hmm. we were functioning at. And then all this happened and you sort of have to take a step back and slow down and you realize that, you know, cooking for your family is so much more than a chore. You know, it's it's something that can be enjoyable and can right. be wonderful. And, you know, having the opportunity to explore different cultures right from your kitchen and connect to people across a delicious bowl of soup, like 
that's really, really nice and really special. And we're lucky we get to appreciate that today. Well, and, and you've marinated so many flavors and cultures with, within this book, and, and that's really universal. So no matter what cultures that, that people come from, and, and, and most everybody now has many cultures within their, their families. And so to be able to pick up on that and then kind of infuse uh, um, all, all of these different uh, flavors from, from around the world that, that really not only represent, you know, the world, but, but almost everybody's family and, and personal experiences now. And you, you grew up in New, in New York, right? But, but now you live in Israel. Yeah, I was born in, Long Island, in New York. I grew up in Long Island. And my father actually also grew up in Long Island. But my mother was born and raised in Morocco. Um, and then spent a lot, long time in Paris and as a young adult to the U.S. So I really grew up in a, you know, a multicultural home with an immigrant mother. And I was very lucky because my parents did a really good job of respecting both of their cultures and blending both of their cultures really beautifully. And it really taught us to love and appreciate everyone and to see the good in everyone and, you know, to respect everyone. And we were very lucky. And then I picked up and moved to Israel, and which, which you know, is its own melting pot of cultures, especially culinary. Mm-hmm. And um, I was lucky to be able to already have a foundation where I understood the importance of incorporating, you know, local cuisine into your cooking. And I was able to do it. And now, you know, my home, my home is a melting pot of cultures, just like I am. So we're very lucky. Yeah, it's it, it's such a, a a warm book that that comes through with the recipes that 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 you chose, and so you, you really get that feeling about it, and and you can see how you brought all of these things in um, to kind of connect with with everyone, and I, I think most people's palates now are. Um, a lot broader than maybe that they, they used to be 20, 30, 50 years ago. And so uh, oh, I, I think people are, are looking for things like this. Absolutely. I think, uh, I think even 15 years ago, if this book would have come out, I would have gotten hundreds of questions. What is saffron? What is sumac? Um, mm-hmm. And now people aren't asking me, what is sumac? They're asking me, where can I find sumac? So, mm-hmm. It's on their radar, and they know, and they're ready, and they're ready to start incorporating, you know, new and different ingredients into their pantries, and I think it's so great because it just connects us, and, you know, we're all the same. We're all the same. Wherever you live, we're all the same, and we just want to be loved, and we just want to be appreciated and respected, and food is such an easy way to do that because we all like to eat. (laughs) It's like the gateway drug into respecting people. Absolutely. You, you, you are so right. And I'm going to make some of these recipes and probably for the last, um, I don't know, six, eight months, maybe a year, I've been so into Israeli wines. Like I am like, so I I just can't get enough on Israeli wines. There is something going on over there um, with, with, uh, with your agriculture that that's happening in Israel that I do not think that, that people are very aware of um, right now if they're really not tuned into it. But but not only are you becoming one of the top wine regions in the world and with this fantastic wine, but all, all of the stuff that you're getting out of your markets from uh, from your figs right. and your and and your vegetables and your olives and I mean it's 
I mean, it, it, there's an explosion going on in right. Israel right now of this wonderful uh, fruits, vegetables, wine that, that's coming out of there. And to be able for people to tap into that, I mean, years ago, we would not have been able to, to do that at all. And now to have the, the, the ability to, to, to get wines from that region where it's just blooming is is absolutely i mean it's it's almost it's almost a miracle it really is incredible actually it's funny because my husband um uh has a venture capital firm a fund and he works a lot um with high-tech companies specifically agrotech and agricultural technology is like one of the largest exports of israel and what israelis did was they really learned how to utilize this desert land and really make it blossom and flourish uh, and provide it with the right nutrients and the right type of watering systems and things like that. But what people don't always realize is that this little strip of desert actually sits on the Mediterranean. So we mm-hmm. have the best of the Mediterranean, and we have this really dry, arid heat. When you combine the two together, actually, when you know how to do it, produce the most delicious and wonderful produce. And it's really incredible. And the wines here are booming and they are mm-hmm. so delicious. And it took a lot of these vineyards about, you know, a good 20 years to really produce a really, really good year. Um, but they kept working and working. And as the wine sat and sat, and it just gets better and better. And the wines here are delicious. The produce here is delicious. And we really live seasonally here. That was a huge thing for me. When I left New York, you know, I knew that fruits had season, right? Like we all know that the strawberries and tomatoes taste better in the summer. But we can still get strawberries and tomatoes in February in New York. And then I moved to Israel. And my first day here, I went to the fruit store, and I'm looking for the strawberries. And literally, the guy is laughing at me. And I'm like, why are you laughing? He's like, it's not the season. And I'm like, I know, but I I need it for something. (laughs) And he's like, you need it for something, but it's not the season. And I'm like, oh, so they're just not here? She's like, no, how could they be here if it's not the season? And he thought I was crazy, and I was crazy. Because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I come from New York where you can get everything at any time. I had no idea, but what I did was I really learned to appreciate it. So when, when strawberries are in season, we eat strawberries every day for six weeks in every mm-hmm. single form. Scones for breakfast, strawberry <laughs> jam on scones for lunch. It's just like nonstop. But the fruit, it, the fruit and vegetables actually taste so delicious because you're only ever eating it when it's in season. And it's well, wonderful. And, and it tastes so much better, too. When, when you're buying something that's local like that and it's, and it's in that season and it's not being trucked in from thousands of miles away or even hundreds right. of miles away, and it's coming right from there. I mean, there, there's just such, it's almost, it, it's like candy. It really is like candy. And it was just it's just the most wonderful type of, you know, ingredients to work with because the dish you make is only as good as the ingredients you start with. I mean, hopefully the recipe is good. Hopefully the flavors are balanced. But if you're using an in-season strawberry versus an out-of-season strawberry, the end result is going to taste better if you're using the in-season one. So we're very lucky here. Thank God. Oh, ab- absolutely. And for those who, who don't know, look into what's going on in Israel, because, I mean, it will blow your mind. I mean, they're, it's, it, it's incredible over there. And um, 
and and check out the wine too <laughs> because the wine is really great as you well. Know, so I buy some Israeli wine and pair it with the cookbook. It's true. <laughs> it's really true. It's very cool here what's going on. There's a lot of um there's a lot of food tech, agri-tech. There's a lot of like a huge water technology movement here. Um and it's really incredible. It really is. And I, I want to just touch on some of the recipes that, that you have on here because I've I, we've kind of teased everybody just a little bit that the, that there was things in here other than donuts and 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 peas and carrots. But we have the brisket. Who doesn't love brisket? Everybody loves brisket. <laughs> and the pomegranate braised brisket looks incredible. And also will oh. pair good with with a wine. Definitely, it is very good. It's very appropriate, you know, for the upcoming holiday season and pomegranate mm-hmm. season, which coincides. So mm-hmm. that works out very nicely. We're actually just starting to get pomegranates in Israel right now, like just this week I've seen for the first time. Awesome. So that's I, exciting. And it's actually, you can't ruin I, a brisket. You really can't. So it's a good one well, to start with. And, and, and I love pomegranate too. So those two things together is just mouthwatering right there, along with the artichoke chicken, because we love artichokes and, and we eat a lot of chicken in our house too. So artichokes and chicken is always, I mean, anything we put artichokes in is always a hit around our, around our home. <laughs> Thank you so much. I also am a huge fan of artichokes. There's like a few artichoke appearances in the book and, it's very true to who I am. Also, it's it's such a it's such a delicious vegetable. It really is. <laughs> and 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 then you have crab cakes. Uh, actually, the best crab cakes ever. And uh, I'm also a big crab cake fan. If, if if crab cakes are ever on the menu, usually everybody looks at me and they're always like, "You're getting the crab cakes, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm I I, 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 I can never you know walk away from from a good crab cake." So uh, I was I, I love to see those on there as well. And then I needed to talk to you about the Maggie loves tacos because who's Maggie? Oh. Because I already love her because we all love tacos too. <laughs> It's so, you know, I really, really love that recipe. Basically, I have a little daughter, she is five years old now, who loves tacos. But since she is like two or three years old, the girl can take down a taco like nobody's business. I mean, like a professional taco eater. The girl is amazing. And she loves tacos. And then, you know, the New- there was a New York Times bestseller, Dragons Love Tacos. Mm-hmm. It was a children's mm-hmm. book, and I ended up ordering the book for her, and it was great. And then I met this girl through Instagram that creates illustrated children's books. And what she does is you send in a bunch of pictures of your family members, of the child who it's about, clothing. And I, I wrote the story, and she created this book, and I called the book Maggie Loves Tacos. And it was the cutest thing, and I gave it to her for her birthday, and we read it every night before she goes to bed, and she absolutely loves it. And really, this is, you know, just, it's kind of just a spice rub. That's the point of this recipe, um, because I didn't want you to have to go out and buy those little packets and things like that when it's so cheap to just make it yourself and keep it in your cabinet. But I mm-hmm. had to call it Maggie Loves Tacos as like an ode to that. I had to. <laughs> oh, that, 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 that was really awesome. Picture, and that's Maggie's <laughs> hands in the picture. I love it. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, you, you talked a little bit about the upcoming holiday season. And so I, I, I did want to uh, uh, touch on that as far as, you know, tradition, um, transitioning from kosher to non-kosher. And h- how is that developing kosher recipes within the, within the cookbook? 
So it's actually, oh, it's actually not very difficult. You know, I always think it's so funny that it's a challenge that's so intimidating to chefs because, first of all, when your pantry is limited in a way, um, it kind of forces you to use what you have. And then when you're forced to use what you have, like, that's kind of when your creativity can really shine through. Um, and that, that's what it is for me. These are the ingredients I have to work with. Uh, this is what it is. I have to develop the most possible flavor. And it kind of pushes you up against a wall where you're forced into this really creative headspace of, you know, what, how can I achieve this? And that's just what I did. That's what I tried to do with every recipe, maximize as much flavor as I could. And that's why it, it doesn't even say kosher on the front because it's irrelevant, mm-hmm. kosher or not kosher. It's just really delicious, flavorful food. Exactly, exactly. Um, but, but it looks like all the recipes are kosher, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the recipes are 100% kosher. But, of course, you know, you can do what you want if you want to use real bacon or real crab or you want to add Parmesan to something or you, you can obviously, you can, of course, do whatever you want. There's no, there's no rules. Exactly. And, and, and you make the food you want to eat. <laughs> well, and, and, and you give us a lot of that in, in your tips and tricks section. And I, and I love the dip section because we're always looking for new dip things around here. We're also, not only are we an artichoke family, but we are a dip family. Oh. <laughs> and so actually we're a food family. I'm just going to admit it now. Um, <laughs> we like it all. <laughs> but, but, but I'm always looking for something new because, you know, we, we have a, a Two grown kids. They're both married. They they both have little kids, and so uh, something while people are just hanging out around the house, especially right now in the summer, we have a pool. Everybody's over for the pool, and so it's nice to have little things without making a huge meal, just to have some appetizers or dips or, or something really easy, even like a brisket that you could cook ahead of time and then just kind of um, have out there for people to, you know, kind of uh, pick on here and there. So um, all of those things really touched and, and, and sparked um, some recognition with me and how I could immediately um, involve that into, into my everyday life. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, I love that section also. I just, I love that kind of, you know, my favorite party is like a casual cocktail party where really everybody ends up in a kitchen, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. eating right from the containers, right from the pans, like right out of the oven. That's the best kind of food to me. And dips and small salads, that kind of evokes that for me. And I, I just connect to that very deeply. Well, that's really where people are, their their true selves. And that's where the memory the the kind of the, the foundation of, of that memory was was built and I talked you know about that when we started talking with my grandmother and and the donuts you know and um and it you know it's just it's just a little thing and and I'm sure that she wasn't thinking that all these years later and you know she's already passed but I'm still you know thinking about those donuts and and and, and to her I don't think that she thought that she was making anything like super special or that we were making a memory or, you know, anything like that. But, right. And, and, and that's something about cooks I, I've noticed, you know, um, my grandmother, when, when she was cooking, I, I don't think she was thinking that she was making these memories for other generations down the road or even my mother, you know, when she was cooking, she's making memories for people down the road. And so that really hit with me is that now when we cook, 
we're making memories for the generations down the road um, that I never even really thought about before, but they're going to be thinking of those things as I have thought about those things. And, 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 and your book really inspired that, that train of thought for me. So I wanted to thank you for that thank because you. it was the goodness of that book that, that, uh, that allowed that to happen. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, I thank you for taking the time to come on today. Um, I know you're really busy. We've gone over. I, I do that a lot because I just get so excited about talking to you guys. You're just, you know, it's just, just you know, it's like, it's like these wonderful friends that, uh, that, that I'm talking to that I haven't talked to for a long time. So I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> I, I, I know how busy you are. Congratulations with the success. And Peas, Love, and Carrots is available now. It's available where books are sold. And I wanted, uh, Danielle, to give you the last word. I'm, I know you're not doing a, a book tour. And so I wanted you to kind of talk to, to your readers or potential readers um, and, and, and maybe get something out there that, that, that you wanted to pass along, how to connect with you or, or um, whatever you might say since there aren't book tours right now going on. Oh, thank you so much. That's wonderful. Well, the best way to, like, stay in touch and be a part of the Peas, Love, and Carrots community is really on the Instagram platform. You can find me at Peas, Love, N, letter N, Carrots, Peas, Love, and Carrots. And um, I'm pretty responsive. The, my community, thank God, is very engaged, and we have a lot of fun and a lot of cooking and cooking demos and lifestyle tips and tricks and, you know, funny little things like that. And um, it's really wonderful. It's really a community filled with nice people that just want to eat good food and have a good time. So come join us. We would love to see you there. And, you know, thank you so much. I hope you go out and get the book and make your own wonderful memories with these recipes. And, and and send you some pictures of, of what people are making, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Send me all the pictures. And don't ever apologize for sending too many. There is no such thing as too many. <laughs> I love seeing them. I do. Well, that's, that's wonderful. Well, the book is Peas, Love, and Carrots, and it's available now. I encourage you to go out and get it and start cooking and making memories with your family that they will remember for generations. So thank you, Danielle, and we'll be right back. Thank you so much. Thank you.